All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. This episode is brought to you by Packlane. They're an online shop specializing in beautiful printed custom packaging with as minimum orders as low as 10. So you can choose a box style, create your own design, preview it in the 3D model, and get a quote instantly. So if you're looking for new design packaging for your products, uh, low minimum, so you can check them out, packlane.com. And it's perfect for a business that needs to be agile. So welcome back to the show. Uh, Tara and Travis here today. We're going to talk about, uh, I guess, my Kickstarter. So we were funded in five hours uh, at a goal of a thousand bucks. And I remember last time we recorded, I was like, oh, a thousand bucks, you know, is that too low? Is that too high? And uh, we kind of blew it off the, the pack. So we're going to just talk about kind of some initial first impressions and things to do moving forward. So Travis, what's going on? So I guess the really big news for me is as longtime listeners will know, I've been traveling a lot the last few years and I've been talking about wanting to settle in a certain spot. I finally did that. I'm in Santa Monica. So if you're in LA, a shout out to anyone in LA, definitely send me a message. I'm going to start doing more local meetups, but that's the big thing for me. I'm, I'm finally in one location that it looks like I'll stay for the foreseeable future. Yeah, gotcha. All right, so let's get into this episode then. So I have some talking points here, kind of just from the first few days of the launch. So I guess we'll just kind of go over this. Uh, Travis, maybe I'll just let you ask me some questions if there's any off the top of your head and then we'll just take it from there. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing to me is the traffic. So how how are you getting traffic to here? What percentage is Kickstarter versus um, traffic that you actually have to drive? That's my biggest question. Yeah, so the before this traffic, Kind of again to this, I guess for the past three or four months, I've been just heavily building an Instagram account. So the main account has around 14.5 now. And so the difference is that it was a converted account from the wallet store where I had around like 5,000. And then I switched it to this one, which kind of had some people drop off. But I think the engagement's still okay. I get about like 250 to 300 likes for an account with 14,000. So it's around like a two percent engagement rate and then uh, my personal account has like 10.5 now so uh combined they're at like 25 ish 25k ish and so uh, basically what i did for the launch was that the email list got like a seven day reminder a three-day reminder and a one-day reminder and i also did that same thing on instagram with like a photo that would say seven days until launch three days until launch and then on the launch day uh, basically everything was I updated all my links and then just drove people to the page. So in terms of breakdown so far, uh, right now Kickstarter tells you how many pledges come from their own platform versus external traffic. So I guess if you UTM tag it in your URL, they'll see it in their dashboard. So right now it's around 85% external, 15% uh, Kickstarter. So kind of surprising. You would think it'd be more, but I guess it's just you know in 2016, I guess it's more crowded now kind of a pun there on the crowdfunding but <laughs> but I guess it's like it becomes like you know can you drive your own traffic in some ways too yeah that's interesting so tell me about like what did your picture actually look like I'll, I'll obviously go google it in a second but on Instagram like what did the picture look like and why did you pick that style yeah so in so I guess the idea is that uh, the blanket is for human use and we'll also donate one to a homeless animal so they were a mix of both so basically I foster three kittens right so basically I use them for my photo op I just lay, put the blanket on my bed and have them like sleep on it and then I also had my roommate another friend uh, kind of posing some photos in the office with that too so basically I alternated between those and then there's two or three photos where I have a combined photo of like a human using the blanket and animal sleeping on it just to give people that idea that hey you know it's kind of a one-for-one one thing and so basically i just alternated between that um for the instagram gotcha okay and so your person you you i'm looking at your personal uh, instagram right now which is also private i think it's 
your personal one, is that, are you doing the same strategy to grow there? No, that one is just more animal photos. Because the thing is, like, personal accounts, I feel like you can't be as pitchy, or maybe you can't, I just haven't figured out the right way to do it yet. So what I'm doing is I'm posting the photos of the animals in the blankets there and saying, oh, hey, look at my three foster kittens. They're enjoying the blanket. By the way, you know, link is in my bio if you want to check it out. Whereas like the other company one is like, hey, we're live now. Check it out. If you want to back us, it's $25, blah, blah, blah. It's like much more kind of like a right hook, I guess. How did you get so many followers for your personal account then? Uh, just same thing. Man. It's just private account. And then you just follow people and then the follow, unfollow, Instagram. Uh, basically it works, I guess, for personal and business. But the tricky thing is that the business one has slowed down a little bit once it hit 10K. But the personal one, when it's close to 10K, it grows faster. I don't know why. Like last month, I got like 3,000 on the personal one whereas like the business one only got like 1.5 so I don't know if it's something I'm doing or is it just because maybe as you get bigger personally it feels like you know more people want to follow you or it's kind of something I'm still trying to figure out too so I guess going back to the crowdfunding thing you know where we're talking about bringing your own traffic it's like if you look at any other categories now on Kickstarter like there's more and more projects now so like if you look on design uh, there's like 560 projects as of this morning. Today's like July 1st and like fashion has like 317. So it's like, how are you going to stand out from these campaigns? Like I think a lot of people, even myself, when I first started, I was like, oh, you know, you just put your project on there and then Kickstarter will bring traffic for you. Actually, no, you have to bring your own traffic. And then, you know, if it's actually working, then they'll give you more eyeballs too. It's kind of the big thing I realized. Right. That makes sense. So do you think that as time goes on, Kickstarter will drive more of the traffic for you because this is a successful project? Uh, we'll have to see. Uh, apparently, the algorithm people say is like backers per day, so maybe like percentage funded isn't always that accurate. So it's like if you can get forty people per day, like it's probably better to get you know forty people a day at one dollar than one person giving you forty dollars in some ways. But I'm still I'm not really sure on the whole how the whole thing works yet. I'm still trying to figure that out. So, I mean, we're only like four days into the campaign as we're recording this, so we'll probably have a better idea in like two weeks once we're almost halfway through. I feel like that should be a shout out to listeners. Like go go pitch in at least a dollar yeah if you pitch in a dollar you help me rank rank higher on kickstarter so if you're listening for like what six months a year you know just help me out with a dollar it'd be super cool too so go to uh foreverhomeblankets.com with a shameless hashtag promotion right there hashtag promotion i like it <laughs> so i guess the other thing too is so my roommate last year also did a kickstarter but he had a store selling yoga pants and i think he ended up canceling because he found it hard to just raise i guess five thousand and because so I guess his biggest issue was that his customers were like why should I buy on Kickstarter when you have a website already so it's like if you have your own store should you do it I mean there's some people certainly that do it and still find success I think like there's a Carl Kozak I had on the show last year he did like this belt and he's he's done like five of these track line belts that are like kind of like just slip on belts and they each do like you know six figures so it's like I guess it depends on you know kind of your audience and if they're receptive to this too and you know we'll have to see how that goes down the line yeah so I actually I didn't finish your video uh, I got to go back and watch it but I started watching it and it seemed really sad and at least in the beginning I didn't finish the whole thing so I guess talk I'm curious what why'd you pick the video the way you did it so I guess there's two ways to do it one is like you kind of go like the happy animal really uplifting style and then or you go like this kind of sad help a child right i just felt that it was more emotional for me but i don't know if that really resonates with a lot of people so i guess the stats uh the video is like probably a minute and 30 seconds long if i remember off the top i think it's more like 120 ish and basically it's just a bunch of news clips about kind of animal overpopulation and how a lot of these animals are sleeping on floors and basically i used every clip uh that's 
you know, someone talking is a journalist, reporter. So I think one, it adds element of social proof where like, hey, like it's not just me talking about this problem. There's actually people reporting about this problem and, you know, people looking for help. So it kind of adds a different angle to it. And so out of the stats so far, um, I look at my analytics, there's about like 600 visitors to the page so far. I don't know how accurate that is because you basically put your code in a Kickstarter and then it reports it into analytics, but not everything gets cleaned up correctly too. So so basically 600 visits to Kickstarter, uh, 141 plays of the videos and uh, 41% are finishing the whole thing. So it's probably like, you know, almost half. And then right now we have around 48 backers. So I guess, you know, 48 out of 607 is somewhere around an 8% conversion rate. But then there's also like friends and family that have backed it. So, you know, I, I got to give it like another two weeks to see how this holds up to if it's actually like, you know, reliable data and everything. How do you make your video? Like, did you do it yourself or yes. you hire someone? Yeah, everything was done by myself. Like Instagram, the product, the campaign page, every everything you see on the page and anything on the website and the email marketing. Like, it's, it's like the one man superhero project basically. How long did it take you to make that video? If you had to guess ballpark so i started this video back in may but i would like make it let it sit for a week and then come back to it you know to let it marinate and then change things and it probably took me yeah probably like total maybe 60 hours i would say so so the way i took the clips so there's a plugin called download helper you can use in firefox and then you can save youtube clips and basically i just went to youtube and looked for like news clips and then i saved it and i just chopped it up together with my own videos essentially is there any kind of worry about like copyright or anything like that? Yeah, maybe, maybe, but it's like, then it's like, well, do you want to sue someone who's trying to, you know, make a difference too? So maybe there's like an insurance policy with part of the USP here. So I'm, I'm not entirely sure, but you know, we'll worry about it when we get there too. Yeah. I mean, uh, to answer that question from my perspective, a lot of times if you're not like a million dollar business, I don't think people are going to try to sue you. It's like, I, you're too small of a fish to fry. Yeah. And they can see like, Hey, he only raised, you know, what, like, 2000 so far or like 5000 like do you really want to sue him for 10000 and like you know you, you could use that PR against them I guess right so another question I think and maybe I miss saw it but I felt like I saw on your page that there were some people that were backing not the early bird but like a different uh, tier like the regular one and when, when I looked today though it was down to zero did some people like un have you had people that, that back it and then pull out? Yeah, I had one lady that backed the 199 one, but then she changed it to 99. Uh, so people can change their rewards once you do that too. So I guess like the reward tiers, there's like a one dollar tier, which is like, you know, if you just want to give one dollar, you know, you're possum basically is what I call people. So, uh, and then there's a couple, couple of theirs, a couple of donations there. So basically, they just don't want the blanket, they just want to give you like, you know, 10 bucks, 20 bucks. Whatever, right? And then the next one is the early bird, which is 25 with free shipping. So basically, one for one uh, early bird. And then after that's out, it goes to 29. And then uh, there's a two blanket one that starts at 49 early bird. It goes to 54. And then a three, four, and a 10 blanket pack, which is the 199 one, essentially. So, I mean, I don't want to go over all the details here. You guys can go to the page and just see it. But basically, the, the idea is that, um, you know, two days before the campaign, someone emailed me and he was like, hey, maybe you should do like a $200 or a $500 one just in case. You know, someone does it, and they were actually like, "There's actually another lady that pledged this level yesterday, I think, uh, for the 199." So I was like, "Oh, that's kind of cool." We know ten blankets. She's probably really into this animal rescue stuff. Maybe she only, you know, wants one herself. She'll donate her other nine. So there'll be like 19 blankets that'll be donated. So pretty cool. 
So you don't know, uh, you don't know yet, like why she got it, right? Like no, yeah. So the thing is, okay. you can only get back your data right now, but you don't get their shipping address or any preferences until after it's done when you do the survey. So right now, it's just like getting their initial interest first, because because what happens is some people like for like the four blanket pack or the ten one, it's like, do you really need four? I mean, some people may want to donate. You know, they want to keep one, but they want to donate the other three. So I got to figure that out once this is over too. So the other question I have is how do you plan? So what's your plan for keeping the momentum going from here and until it ends? Like what are you up to these next 30 days? Yeah. So right now, um, everyone that's commented on my Instagram, I private message them like, hey, can you share this on your social? And pretty much it's like 100% yes. So I'm going to go through my account and see uh, who's commented on stuff before. And then secondly, after 4th of July, because we're recording this on the 1st, I think everyone's going to be away for holidays. I'm going to ask people on both accounts, hey, if you're willing to share, please send me a message and I'll send you photos. And then I guess the other thing too is that I've gotten some organic outreach from this because uh, I also emailed a bunch of like, uh, I guess like personality accounts where it's like, you know how people will make like an account for the dog, like Manny the Frenchie or like Monty the Blind Cat or, you know, like all these different pet accounts. And so all of them, most of them, you know, are willing to share the ones that reply. Uh, but I just got to reach out to more. Like, there's actually like hundreds of thousands of these accounts. I just realized like everyone wants their pet to be famous. And so especially if they're like shelter pets, I think it resonates with them because, you know, they've seen a shelter before. They know where this pet comes from. And so if they can help other pets like theirs and now that they've had some fame, it's just a way of them to pay it forward. I think too. So it's just a lot of cold outreach, I guess. It's like a long grind for the next 30 days or so. Too. So the easy part is, is that I'm going to find you their emails on Facebook. You go to like, say, you know, little bub, right? It's like the most famous cat. I don't know if you know who he is, but he has like a disorder. Like seems to be like the, all the disabled pets get really famous for some reason. And so, and so you go, yeah, you can go to like their pages that they like. And then you see if there's other companies like pet grooming services, pet photographers, kind of people that aren't competitors, but within the same niche that help the same cause. And you just go to their page info and then usually they have an email there. So I've been able to get like, you know, probably like 40 emails an hour doing this. So I think I'm just going to keep doing that for this weekend until 4th of July and then just blast it all out with Thunderbird uh, after the holidays and try to get more momentum from there too. So, and I guess the other uh, kind of organic thing too is uh, got like two outreach campaigns or like organic people messaging me. Like one is Dogster Magazine and Catster. They're like the same publication uh, from this kind of in-print magazine that wanted to feature me and this editor emailed me. So I was like, oh, cool. And then kind of just sent her my press kit. And so we'll wait to hear back on how that goes. How bigger is Dogster and Catster? Uh, they have around 200,000 in circulation, but their social profiles are all like six figures uh, each. But the thing is like, so I got this account called Monty. I think he's a Danish cat. He has like 360,000 Facebook fans and he shared this yesterday and it's got like 30 more shares, but I feel like it's still trickling in um, in terms of like, you know, actual, like there's not a big impact from these things. So I think it's, a, it's just like a scale thing. You just got to keep hitting it. Um, and, and maybe you won't see pledges all right, but you'll see like an editor or a writer of some account see it on his account. So there's like, it's kind of like you throw a stone in the water and then you just wait till the waves go to the side and it's kind of like creating those ripples for the next 30 days, I think. Have you thought about your plan after this is all done? So I think 38 days from now, what's the transition period going to be like? Yeah, I think around halfway, I'll have an idea on what to do with this. So like if it's 
just ends up being like you know a 5k project or something like that and may just do it as like a one-off thing because i feel like you really need to hit like 10k to really build this into something because you take like like 30 days trailing average right like say you know because they started this in end of july ending in early august it's like can i extrapolate this result for the next 12 months can i keep this up i'm like if it's you know under 10k who knows right it's kind of a have to see as we go too so but like well like inventory wise even if it's like just a few k like it's already profitable i just don't know if it's just like something to scale to keep scaling but i'll have a better idea in two weeks if there's momentum keeps carrying on and it gets bigger like let's say it hits 5k and then the next month after that you're you know you only get 30 like you get like one a day uh and eventually obviously it would grow is there is it just you don't want to put the money up front for the product or what's the downside i guess yeah it, it'll have because because this upfront campaign goal will depend on how much inventory i can buy right away and so 5k is kind of like that number where it's you know like good enough to buy inventory but like do you want to go all in like that's something i've got to figure out too at that level yeah whereas like if it's like 10k i can easily buy like a thousand blankets and just go balls to the wall like 5k is like i can buy a few hundred but then it's like if i sell you know say 200 and i gotta reinvest it's just like another churn to like keep pushing too and then I have to like look at the numbers again too to see if it makes sense because what because what happens right now is that there's people that are pledging that say like they give twenty dollars but they don't want a blanket like that just goes into kind of not really the profits but it helps pad the cost essentially right so if that keeps growing and the numbers kind of balance out a bit you know it may still be worth it I just don't know the numbers right now being only like four days in at the time of this recording so what do you mean by if someone pledges twenty dollars but they don't want a blanket like. Yeah, so, so the thing is you can pledge the $1 level and you could choose like $5, $10 just to like support the campaign. But you don't get a reward essentially too. So basically where does that go? That doesn't go, it'll help offset the cost of a blanket that's being donated essentially too, right? So it kind of, it pads the margins a little bit because if everyone pledged $25, then I would have to make blankets for each of those pledges, right? No, so I, I guess I just assumed the, the pledge $1 level, I assumed that people only did a dollar. Some people do more, is what you're saying? Yeah, some people do like five or 10 or 20. And like what happens is it kind of adds up a little bit to like, you know, a few hundred there, a few hundred there by the end of the week, by the end of the campaign probably. So it's like, that'll help kind of offset some of the costs and everything too, to see how this will scale up. And after the, uh, the campaign, you know, I can have a landing page where it sells kind of more close to the retail price and kind of see how that goes too, to really get an idea. So, or, I mean, just a thought, uh, you could always maybe do something where it's like, all right, uh, we wait till it hits this amount and then we ship them all out. So it could be like an ongoing Kickstarter, like, um, we need a $5,000 minimum for our next order. And then eventually, if you make enough money, you can make it into a full-time thing. I, I guess the reason I'm just curious about the whole thing is, it seems like you put a lot of work into this. It would suck for this, if it does hit 5K, which is still pretty good for yeah. it just to be a one-time thing, you know? Yeah, so the, the issue I have is that we have enough fabric right now to make around 300 blankets without putting in a new batch of work. Because the way you make fabric is you got to make like a whole bunch of fabric and you cut it up into a blanket, right? So supplier already has kind of like loose fabric that I can buy from her without any minimums for like up to 300 blankets. But once I buy these 300, I need to order 600 as a minimum. So that's around like a 2.5K order-ish. So I was like, if I get 10K easily, I can put in like two of these orders, right? But it's like five, I can put in one order for 2.5 and then the other 300, it's, it's kind of a wonky area where it's like, 
you don't have enough for a new minimum, but you have enough for like 300, which is what I want to like avoid basically too. So, yeah. But I think with the momentum, I, I think, you know, maybe I'm just being too cautious. I think 10K, we'd probably be able to do this, you know, if the momentum keeps up. Uh, maybe I'm just being too bearish on certain things. So, you know, we'll see. But I guess it kind of brings me to the next topic, right? Like the one thing uh, that I think is interesting about Kickstarter is that you can test your average order size. So what happens is that you have different reward tiers, right? $1, 25 29 $49, $54. And what's interesting is that they tell you the average amount you've raised uh, per backer. So right now it's around like 38. And I was thinking, you know, to retail this at 35, which seems a little high. But if you look at the numbers, you know, if it extrapolates throughout the campaign, this number stays like, if it stays at 38, maybe that's just what the market uh, will take too. Because I feel like 25 is a pretty good, pretty sweet number where it's not like too much, but it's not too little either. Like if you have 25 bucks to kind of give, it's not really a big deal. And you get something back too, right? Whereas like I think, I feel like 35 is a little bit higher, but you know, we'll have to see if the market is willing to take that. But right now, you know, that's the average pledge amount. It's like 38. So, you know, we'll see how this goes in like the next two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess. But I mean, the reason that doesn't seem like a great metric to me is because some people are bidding more and that, you know, brings up the average, but they're, they're expecting 10 blankets or whatever, right? Or maybe I'm missing something. So the lady that backed 199 obviously is an outlier, right? But the person that blends $1 is just doing it for fun. So I was like, maybe I should just look at the people that actually want the blanket and average that and see how that goes. Maybe that's a better indication, but uh, you know. We'll see. The good thing is that the early bird's 25 and there's one at 29. So like if the early bird sells out and the 29 doesn't get much momentum, you can probably tell that maybe that's, you know, maybe it's the price point's too high or, you know, you can see where the momentum stops, I guess is what I'm trying right, to say. Right, absolutely. That makes sense. So it looks like, it's funny because this is your next bullet point, but this is what I was thinking, that it doesn't seem like Kickstarter, I mean, it seems like it could be a great way to make money for certain people, but it seems like, Let's say you do raise five, even if you raise 10K, yeah. uh, if you raise 10K, how much of that would be profit? I don't know if you mind sharing that. Uh, somewhere around 20% to 30 to 35. So, so when, when, I, when I say that, it ranges because uh, if, if I get more orders at like the double, triple, or quadruple one, obviously the profit's higher because I don't have to ship you know, a blanket to three different people, right? Like if I shipped four orders at $25 versus four blankets to one person, I save basically like 40 bucks on shipping because it's like around $8 to ship. Like it's ballpark, like seven, $8, right? So it's like, it depends on kind of the final pledges, but I'm guessing it's around, you know, from my early number crunching being safe, it was like 25 to 30. But if I sell that retail, it's like, that's a lot higher uh, too, if it ends up being like 30. So it seems like, because I mean, you've been, talking about this and, and working on this for a while, it seems like if you, let's say you do 10K and say $3,000, you made $3,000, that's a decent chunk of change, but it's, it's yeah, it's not it's the best not way. It's not the yeah. best. Yeah. It's not the best way to make money, to be honest. And there's five people that do like 3K a day listening to this and they're like, oh, look at this. This is like chump change, right? So I guess like, I guess if you average that to like since March when I started this is like four months divide by 10K, it's like 2.5 a month. So, you know, We'll see how this goes, but I think the but I think the but I guess the good thing is that it's it's like customer orders in 10k that can hopefully this momentum carry on, because like say you get like 10k is like probably like 500 backers ish, 
maybe 400. So it's, you know, 400 customers that can kind of spread the word from there and snowball it from there too. Whereas I guess, you know, maybe if I launched on my own store, I don't know, getting this, you know, 500 people to buy right away in three months. I don't know if that's as easy as it seems, I guess. I agree. So to me, the Kickstarter, the big value add for like an e-commerce type person seems to be validation. Because it's not as much, you know, pretty quickly, either this is a good idea or a bad idea. That's why, I mean, I'm hoping you end up turning this into like a side project. I guess I can see why you wouldn't want to do it, but it seems like you've already done so much of the groundwork that might as well just have the website work and hopefully get some free press and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and I think going back on the validation, I think you'll know within the first day or three days how that goes. Because like if you build a list and a list doesn't come through, and like no one pledges like you know immediately that you know either a you targeted the wrong people or they saw it, they didn't care about it or you know it's just not a good idea or you know maybe it's just no value to people too so i feel like you know we hit it in five hours and everyone i've asked is willing to share it and i was thinking the other day this morning is like oh you know I, I remember a blog post by seth gunn he was saying you know tell 10 people and if 10 people tell 10 other people and they tell 10 other people then you have a thousand people and that's probably the biggest thing to figure out is in, you know, getting momentum. But the hard part isn't making products now. It's like making blankets is not that hard. It's like, how do you spread the idea of this cause and how, you know, how do you get people to share it too is a tricky part. And I think it's kind of figured out because you look at like, you know, everyone that's willing to share it, they're like, yes, yes, send me photos, blah, blah, blah. So usually I've got like 10, like 30 shares. It's just a matter of pushing that for the next 30 days and kind of see where we end up. Right. Okay. I mean, that makes sense. But I'm, I'm pumped, to be honest, that you, that this Kickstarter went well. Like, I was really nervous for you that it was going to be slow. Yeah. So just so everyone listening, like, I messaged Travis, like, two days before. I was like, I was like, man, is a thousand bucks, like, too low, too high? Because I was doing the math. It was like, $25. All right. I got to find 40 people, right? And like, if I'm converting at, say, 1%, the worst case, I need to find 400 people to get on the page. And it's like, my email list was only 600. I was like, man, what, and all, not everyone's going to open the email, right? Like I, I checked my stats and it was only like 20% open so far. So I was like, if 200 people go, this is not, it's not going to hit there like right away. And then, and then later I thought, I was like, you know what? I have a, a, you know, 35 days to raise a thousand bucks at the minimum. Like pretty sure that's doable. It's like, you know, one pledge a day for 30 days too. And then, and then you know, within the first hour or like first five hours, you know, it was done, so... Yeah, I know you were talking about lowering it to 500. I'm like, to me, a $500 minimum just seems so like, please, just like, I really, like, not, de desperate's not even the right word, but just way too underambitious. Yeah, it looks, it looks kind of lame. And I feel like now that looking back, maybe even a thousand's a little low, I should have done like 2,500 or something like that. But I was thinking that, but I didn't want to say like, go to 2,500 and you not make it and I'd feel like a dick. So, yeah, but, I, but I feel like, now that I can, now if you look at just like the glance at it, it looks like, I think it's like 180% funded. So it looks on paper a little bit better, even though, you know, the numbers are low, but I think, you know, whatever it's hindsight 2020, it's already launched. So I can't do anything about it, but you know, cause, cause if I did 2000 right now, I'd be at like a 90% funded. But the thing is like, would, would I be funded faster because there's more of an urgency to get funded if I had a higher goal? Like I'll never know that to answer that question too. So that's true. And for everybody listening, I even bought a blanket and I'm super cheap. So that's just saying it's worth check out the page at least. It's kind of a cool thing. I think it could be either a good gift because it's got a good story or I might just use it around the house. Like everyone, you know, can use an extra blanket from time to time. Um, a lot actually funny enough. Now I'm thinking about it. 
Because a lot of times I'll be hanging out on my couch and I'll bring my blanket from my bed over there just because it's like I want to be cozy on a Sunday, watch some Netflix. Now I can use this blanket. So I'm pretty pumped. Exactly. And like if you go camping or you're on a plane or, you know, in a car somewhere that's kind of cold at night, you know, this is the perfect size to use in that situation. Or, or a lot of women here in this co-working space, like sometimes your office has the air conditioning on too high and then you're freezing in the central air con, you can't do anything. A lot of girls have blankets here too. So uh, check it out, foreverhomeblankets.com. And thank you guys for listening. Thanks, guys. 